Welcome to the Laser Therapy Institute weekly podcast, the world's first podcast about medical laser therapy for healthcare providers. Each week, we discuss the latest research, interviews with experts, and how laser therapy can enhance your practice. Now, here is the founder of LTI and your host, Dr. Jason Roundtree. Hello, thanks for joining me again this week on the Laser Therapy Institute podcast. My name is Dr. Jason Roundtree, and I'll be your host again today. I'm very pleased to bring you this kind of special edition. This is a discussion between myself and multiple other laser therapy providers, and this is discussing some really critically important new research and publications. It's really important stuff for anyone who treats low back pain, or especially if you use laser therapy for low back pain. If you're doing these treatments in your clinic, you need to hear what we're about to talk about. This is very critically important stuff. Now, I'm going to refer back to three different sources throughout this discussion, and the links to those sources are in the show notes. Check those out after you get to listen in. The first part of today's piece is four publications, okay? And I'm just going to start reading off to you. So, first of all, and I just want you to listen and think and then ask ask questions as they come up, okay? But I'm gonna kind of progress through these different pieces of literature here. So number one is a literature review from 2020, and it is titled Photobiomodulation Therapy, which we know is also laser therapy, right? Does not decrease pain and disability in people with nonspecific low back pain, a systematic review. This is the newest systematic review for low back pain and laser therapy. So it starts off, they say, many non-pharmacological therapies are available for the treatment of low back pain, which aim to reduce pain and disability. Among these options, photobiomodulation therapy has been recently recommended by the American College of Physicians Clinical Practice Guidelines for the treatment of low back pain. Okay. Cool. However, the strength of this recommendation was supported by only three existing randomized controlled trials. Okay, so fair enough. Okay. You know, there's, there's evidence it's in the guidelines, but these guys are saying, well, you know, a systematic review is typically going to be a good thing, right? Okay. Maybe. Right? I have okay. questions already. Uh-huh. So the conclusion, I'm going to jump to the conclusion, then I'll read you a couple other things. And the conclusion, they say, where is it? Overall, there was insufficient evidence to support the use of photobiomodulation therapy to decrease pain intensity and disability in people with acute, subacute, and chronic nonspecific low back pain. Okay. Okay. Can we ask questions already, or do you want to? Go ahead. What do you got? What is their um, What is their population? So How it's many a. Did they have if they have three people? It's a literature review, so they're pulling multiple studies. So what? <laughs> How yes. many did they look at? Two. So that is where it gets interesting. They excluded two reviews two systematic reviews uh-huh. from their review, right? So there was a review done in 2008 where they said, eh, we don't really... 2008? 2008. Okay. They said, we don't really have enough in- information yet. Okay, that's 2008, though. It was a while ago. Then the next review was done in 2015, and then another one was done in 2016, and both of those said, yeah, we're good to go. We got plenty of evidence, laser therapy, let's do this, right? These guys, this group of authors said, well, those reviews don't pertain to the effects of photobiomodulation therapy in people with low back pain because they contain information about laser acupuncture and high-intensity laser therapy. Neither of those are currently considered as photobiomodulation therapy. So, of course, we know high-intensity laser therapy, that's what we do every day, class 4 lasers, right? 
Same mechanisms as class three lasers. We just do it way faster, right? Right. Okay. They say um, high-intensity laser therapy promotes thermal effects, whereas photobiomodulation therapy, by definition, is a non-thermal process. You guys tell me how much work does the heat do with the lasers we use? How often do people even feel heat? Hours. Yeah. Never. It, well, not not small. maybe a little bit of warmth, right, on right. the skin. Yeah, but does that do really anything? No. no, we're relying on the effects of the light in the deeper tissues, right? These guys are saying, no, 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 class four lasers only a thermal effect. Now, they, they added a citation here, photobiomodulation therapy by definition is a non-thermal process. They actually cited one of their own papers to say that. <laughs> and they cited another paper that doesn't say anything about class four lasers. This one right here. So I thought, oh, this is weird. This is interesting. Do you know how many times this happens in, in... All the time. All the time, but nobody goes through to look at this information. Because this is a pain in the butt. Well, I yeah. know, but they just take the title and mm -hmm. look at the conclusion and decide, well, if they decided yes. that, then it must be true. Title, abstract, maybe if the, you read the abstract, and then you're the done. Conclusion. Right. So let's go to the competing interests and disclosures here. The main researcher here, though, receives research support from Multiradiance Medical. Multiradiance Medical makes class three lasers. They've done it for a long time. Mm -hmm. They're highly, highly, highly anti-class four lasers. Oh. Like they'll post videos on their Facebook page of surgical lasers and ablative, like um, uh, industrial lasers, mm -hmm. and then be like, "See, you don't want to have class four laser therapy done. It's ablative. It destroys tissue. It's not even the same thing." So that I thought, okay. So they're they're obviously going to exclude class four lasers. No wonder they could doctor the, the information and exclude what they didn't want and come up with a review because of course the high intensity studies that they excluded showed positive benefits for right. low back pain. Absolutely. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Follow the money. Document two. <laughs> <laughs> this one got my attention before any of the others because oh, really? this is a commentary. This is a commentary published in Pain, which is a very high impact journal. It's a commentary. It's a commentary. Because of the because of the title. Listen to the title. Photobiomodulation therapy for chronic low back pain. Time to move on. What? What is this? So this commentary talks about a different study that we haven't covered yet, as well as this literature review. Both of this study, this study and this lit review, same authors. Oh, oh. It's just this one, this study, and this commentary are both published in Pain, which again, a very high impact journal, gets a lot of attention, should be very high quality research. This commentary, I'm going to read you this stuff. Ready? Okay, so the pattern for the past two decades is that typically we'll see a positive trial on laser therapy and low back pain, followed by a negative trial, and then a letter from a member of the World Association for Laser Therapy, or WALT, right? Mm -hmm. Um, dismissing the results of the negative study as a result of applying laser incorrectly. And as we know, since we do this every day, you got to do this right, and you got to know what you're doing if you're going to get results, right? Okay. So, I mean, that makes sense. But he says, well, to an outsider, that probably looks somewhat like the movie Groundhog Day. I wondered if we had ever resolved the issue, this negative, positive. When, okay, what are positive studies for? Positive studies are to show you what works, and negative studies are to show you what doesn't work. You're supposed to learn from both. Not just be like, oh, we'll never know if this works. No, no, no. You figure out things from both, right? That's what science is about. Okay. Anyway, he goes on to say, look, so 
this new study that he's commenting on, he says they did really well constructing the study, and one of their best steps was to, in, to do this literature review first. They conducted this systematic review to review what had been done before. Right? He didn't read it, I guess. Um, and they included a past president of WALT, the World Association of Laser Therapy, to make sure that they had inf correct information on dosing. You know, that they actually interpreted the results correctly, which I'm sure they did, except for the stuff they excluded from their study, right? Okay. But they, this guy carries on and says, you know, uh, in addition to the care they took with the treatment regimen for this new study, which I'll read you about in a minute, um, but uh, other key aspects of the design and conduct of the trial were exemplary and deserve acknowledgement. The trial was prospectively registered in advance followed a published protocol, there were no protocol deviations, it was triple-blinded, used concealed allocation, was analyzed using an intention-to-treat approach, randomization was successful in achieving baseline comparability of the two groups, follow-up was excellent, being about 98%, and they followed patients for 12 months. Those things all sound really good. That's what we want to see from trials, right? So, that's good. But then the, he says the take-home message here is first, and most importantly, this trial clarifies that photobiomodulation therapy is ineffective for chronic low back pain. Clinicians should switch to known effective therapies and stop wasting finite resources and patients' time. That means surgery. <laughs> surgery we'll come back to that one in, in a second. So then I was like, I've got to read this study, right? Mm -hmm. There's got to be something great in this study. He's talking it up so much. So this was just published in June, all right? And again, we're going to do what fallout from this for a long time. Do you think so? Yeah. Insurance is going to love this stuff. They're going to send us this along with denials, and we'll have to fight it. So you need to know about this because and even a patient could bring it up. I mean, patients don't really read a lot of research, but other healthcare providers could bring it up. Do you really think the insurance companies are oh going to latch onto this? Oh, yes. Anything they can do to dodge it, uh, you know, having to pay a bill. I honestly did not really think that insurance companies will pay attention to research. Only what they want. Oh, okay. That yeah. makes more sense. Right. Yeah, cool. generally. I mean, really. Um, so these guys did a study on a large group of patients, 100 and, 100 and some odd people. That's not which is pretty, 100 patients? 100 and some patients. For a laser therapy study, that's pretty good. A lot of times we end up with studies that are like 30 people. It's not enough, I know. But so they, they had 148, 148 patients that they divided into the placebo group and the active laser group, right? They treated them three times a week for four weeks, okay? They did follow-ups at the one month, the three month, six month, and 12 month mark. I mean, that sounds all pretty good, right? And triple blinded means the patient didn't know what they were getting, the person delivering the treatment didn't know, and the person assessing them didn't know either. That's like gold standard. That is excellent stuff right there. That's a good design. They used a, what kind of laser? Class three. Multiradiance laser. Because these are the same guys who did this. Only now there's two of them in here that are supported by multiradiance. Okay? So they used a multiradiance laser in this study, and their conclusion was, There is no advantage in the use of photobiomodulation therapy using the dose recommended by Walt, we'll come back to that, to reduce pain and disability in patients with chronic nonspecific low back pain. And of course, chronic nonspecific low back pain, we're talking about like not a disc injury. We don't have anything particular we can point out, but it's been more than three months. It's right. 
you know, it's not going away. It's chronic. It's nonspecific. There's nothing, any, nothing, there's nothing we can really point there's at. There's no injury. There's no, right. Gotcha. Right? So, World Association of Laser Therapy has created dose guidelines. They've been in, in existence since, like, uh, uh, for a while. They haven't really been updated, but they've been in existence, and the idea is that people should try to meet those guidelines, right? So they even quote them in here. They say the world uh, won't provide recommendations for appropriate minimum dose for treatment of various musculoskeletal disorders. For low back pain, the recommended dose is at least four joules per centimeter squared using 780 to 860 nanometer laser and at least one joule per centimeter squared using 904 nanometer laser. Okay. So kind of excludes the 980, the 970 wavelengths, right? Well, that's fine. So they're saying, we already read the commentary. Oh, well, the, this, this paper used WALT guidelines, right? It's really, really okay. specific. So you'd think they probably... That's minimum, though, right? That's that is minimum. minimum. Good catch. They only talked about the minimums. That's interesting. Do you think they followed these guidelines that they just quoted here on page well, one? they said they did because that they were using them as part... Okay. Yes, they were using them as part of their, of their conclusion, yes. right? Right. Do you want to hear what they did? They treated using 660 red LEDs, I'm sorry, 640 nanometer red LEDs, which are not part of the guidelines, and 875 nanometer LEDs, which are not part of the guidelines, and they used a 905 nanometer laser, which sure, that fits in the guideline, I mean 904, 905, whatever, right? Okay. Okay, so with those LEDs of that don't meet, and the 905 laser, the total area that they treated was 132 square centimeters on the back, mm -hmm. and they used a total dose of 220 joules. That's, that's the LEDs, design. that's the laser, 220 joules. That is a dosage of about 1.6 joules per centimeter squared, and, and that does not meet the guidelines, clearly, because we're using LEDs, we're using the wrong wavelengths, and that I mean, if you just take the 905, that doesn't even come close to meeting what the guidelines for one joule per centimeter squared for the 905 nanometer laser. We're not even close here. You know what we'll do for a low back treatment, joule-wise? 2,000-ish joules oh, in wow. one session? These guys spent 12 sessions and got a total dose of 2,640 joules over a month. And we're shocked that it didn't work. Don't they have... a uh, open re retorts. Don't they have like um, a board of people that read these and can openly re send letters in and retort and give and do reviews on their tr on the um, research themselves? Anybody can write a letter to the editor at least. Uh, but yeah, but I thought they had like a board that actually yes, this is peer reviewed research. And and nobody said anything. Evidently not, because this guy in the commentary thinks it's like the greatest thing since sliced bread. It's the best. He even says their trial, this trial, they followed the WALT recommended treatment regimen for low back pain. As a result, they present a result that should be beyond dispute. Photobiomodulation therapy using the treatment regimen recommended by WALT does not reduce pain and disability in patients with chronic nonspecific low back pain. I just read it to you. It doesn't meet, I mean, page one to page two. Well, that's all you have to read. Page one, page two. Because he said should be beyond dispute. Well, that's already biased. Yes. Okay. This is one trial. And it is a well-designed trial, but if it does anything, it just proves that this multi-radiance laser doesn't work. This is garbage research packaged nicely. Yeah. It looks really pretty on the design, 
but the conclusions are garbage. It needs to be totally pulled back. It needs to be, you know, you could restate it very simply and say, we know now this device with these protocols will not work for low back pain. Move on to a different device. Replicate this trial with a different laser unit. Right. But this doesn't work. That's right. But this kind of thing makes me think, okay, what are we doing? We know what we do works. We know there's over 4,000 published studies on laser therapy. There's over 250 published this year so far. Uh, most of which show outstanding results and then some of them that don't. But most of the studies are published show great results or at least something that we can learn from as far as what does not work. What else out there though is being done without enough research? Because in the end of this commentary that this guy wrote on this article, he does make a really good point and he says, Look, there are many treatments for low back pain in addition to photobiomodulation that have escaped into usual care before being adequately tested for safety and efficacy. Now, I don't think that really holds true for laser therapy. It's completely safe and we know it works. But he goes, key examples though include opioids for acute low back pain, sacroiliac joint fusion, disc and facet joint replacements, basovertebral nerve ablation, spinal cord stimulation, and medicinal cannabis. In contrast to photobiomodulation, each of these treatments has the potential for considerable harm. We urgently need robust trials such as this one that has been done. And that, that is true. Good. That is absolutely true. We need more studies. A lot of that stuff can cripple people or kill them, and we're doing it anyway without hardly any research. Not the medicinal cannabis. No, no, not that. Not that. <laughs> we don't think so. We don't think anybody's talking from that. Oh, that drives me crazy, though. Mixing a little truth with a little falsity, I know. and it gets everything all mixed up. I know. Okay, sorry. Yeah. No, I know. It's it's not good. I'm sorry. Um, so but this happens a lot, right? This is just one incident here that I managed to tie all the pieces together to. But, I mean, it took me hours. So what else is going on? And does anything we really do work? Does anything work? Like on the spectrum no. from emergency med to cosmetics. Okay, we're going to pick up the discussion in the next episode next week there where we talk some more about treatments with and without good evidence behind them. I hope you'll forgive my kind of emotional take on some of this research this week. I do feel strongly about a lot of these things and I think you really should check out the sources that I've referenced here in the show notes so you can read this for yourself. See what you think. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Go ahead and shoot me an email. Let me know what your thoughts are. I'd love to engage with you on what you think about this new research, these new publications. Now, again, like I mentioned, we are going to be arguing against and fighting these publications for years if you're a laser therapy provider. You want to be able to know about these topics, know how to write an appeal letter, or better yet, let us do these things for you. Let us provide you with settings that work with guidance on equipment that will work and get the results that you need so you can have success with your low back pain patients and so you can continue to help your patients and grow your practice through excellent clinical results. Subscribe now to keep learning about the growing field of laser therapy. Check out our patient-focused podcast, Healing at the Speed of Light, a great resource for your patients. For massive practice growth and improved patient outcomes, become a certified Laser Therapy Institute clinic. Learn how at lasertherapyinstitute.org.